Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Turn back to Huddleston and turn goal went it in. An early goal scored by James Chester for Hull City. The FA Cup final is barely three minutes old, and there is another shot on the cards. This is Quinn. He's got away from Ramsey. He's found a cross and it's headed downwards and against the post. It is. Towards the head of Alex Bruce. Oh, he's headed off the line by Kieran Gibbs. Well, Chester and Davis have scored, and Bruce, the other centre back, nearly added his name to complete a centre back hat trick. to the far post, it'll fall for Cassiani! Arsenal turns! Lauren Cassiani has smuggled in an equaliser! 20 minutes to go! Might come for Giroud, little back heel, round here! Arsenal on the break! Aaron Ramsey fires it into the lead! Selmy with a firm header away. Huddleston. Ruzicki. Sonogo trying to help it forward. Here's Jack Wilshire. Just needs to keep the ball for Arsenal, but he's got Ruzicki with the run. And they're trying to finish with the flourish. It's Thomas Ruzicki. Clear off the line by McShane. Still no breathing space.
brand new Arse Blog Arsecast, and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new Arsenal season. It's upon us. It starts tomorrow. How the hell did that happen so quickly? One moment we were drunk, carousing around the Tollington, celebrating the FA Cup, and here we are right now, and we're playing Crystal Palace tomorrow. I don't really understand how, how it went by so quickly. Um, I think the summer, of course, had a lot going on. It was the old World Cup. That was good. I enjoyed the World Cup. I enjoyed the staying up late and drinking lots of uh, bourbon late at night, watching football. That's a very hard thing not to like, right? Staying up late, drinking, watching football. It's all good. Chatting to people from all over the world, across the internet. It really did feel like a kind of a, a shared experience, this World Cup, because one of my fondest memories is the 1986 World Cup, uh, and most of that was to do with staying up late. At that point, I think I was 14 or 15, so I wasn't doing the whole uh, drinking bourbon thing. I wasn't that sophisticated back then, you see, but I enjoyed the staying up late and watching late-night football, and this time we were sort of sharing it with everyone, and, oh, look at that, and it was good. And then, of course, we went to um, uh, New York, to watch Arsenal play in New York and to do uh, the fun stuff that you do in New York, a book launch with loads of uh, great people over there, fantastic. And, of course, New York is a very difficult place to have a bad time in, as as we mentioned. But uh, here we are on the eve of a new season. But, you know, it hasn't been uh, like a, a previous summer where the Irish cast has been gone completely. We've had the Arsecast Extra going all summer. Myself and James have been doing it all summer long. The Arsecast Extra, I should qualify. Um, So, you know, it hasn't been the barren wilderness it has been before. Nevertheless, it's good to have you back. Uh, I've made my preparations for the new season, certainly. I've um, tidied my office, which which is good. It's all clean and nice and there's not stuff everywhere. And I really like it when my office is is like this. You know, you can see the desk. There's not bits of paper and envelopes and stuff everywhere. But unfortunately, the way that I tend to operate is I clean it up like really well. And then within about a week, it looks like a a hobo has gone to a landfill and taken out three or four black bags of the worst crap you can find. Just sort of sprayed it around here and stuff. And then I clean it all up again. I go, I really like my office like this. I must keep it this way. I really will this time. I'll I'll tidy stuff away and put stuff here and put stuff there. And then a week later, it's like, oh, look at the fucking state of this place. So I I think that's the way it's destined to go for me in in terms of the office. But look, it's a new season. It starts tomorrow. And compared to this time last year, it all feels a bit better, does it not? I seem to remember the first Ars cast of last season. Well, actually, that's a complete lie. I don't remember anything about the first Ars cast of last season. I don't remember anything about Ars cast from like two months ago or three months ago. Because even when people say, when was the Ars cast when you said this or did that? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Once they're done, I kind of forget them. But I I just, in terms of the general mood that's going around the place, it's a lot better than it was this time last year. Because obviously we've we've done some business. Lukas Fabianski left after his FA Cup win. I was going to say heroics. The heroics were really in the semi-final rather than the final. Uh, It wasn't that heroic. But anyway, he left with his medal. He's gone to Swansea, and good luck to him. And in has come David Ospina, 
Colombian goalkeeper, 25 years of age. He's come from Nice in Ligue 1. Uh, Matthew Debushi, he's come in for Bakary Sanya. Bakary Sanya, of course, has gone to, to Manchester City for the footballing challenge, of course. No other reason. But I hold no grudge against Bakary because he uh, he gave us everything in his uh, in his years at Arsenal, 100% every single time he played, and uh, you really can't begrudge that. So if he wants to go and make a shitload more money and then retire somewhere to set up Bakary Sanya's school of barbering, then who are we to argue with that? Callum Chambers, bit out of the blue, that one. 19-year-old from Southampton, very promising. Looks good so far, but obviously it's very early days. But obviously the most exciting signing of the season thus far has been Alexis. Alexis Sanchez from uh, Barcelona. A guy who had a brilliant season last season. Looks a player and a bit. Very strong, good thighs, nice calves, decent hair. Looks a bit like a slightly sinister Don Draper hairstyle. But uh, some footballer, 30-odd million pounds, 30-odd million pounds. You could kind of get used to us spending that kind of money as well, couldn't you? Because the players that you get tend to be tend to be a bit better. So we're we're kind of uh, in a good place, I think. Certainly compared to this time last year, we're in, we're in a much better place. We still have a couple of issues within the squad, obviously. I think the central defensive issue is one that needs to be sorted, but we've spoken about that on the blog, and we'll bring that up with our, our guests today. And yes, because it's the very first Arscast of the new season, we will have two guests for you, spoiling you, like the Ferrero Rocher ambassador, so I am. Uh, as well as that... Given that it's the first cast of the season, we'll have a little bit of a competition as well. I'll give you a chance to win a signed copy of the uh, the new Arse blog book that myself and Andrew Allen wrote, called Together, the story of Arsenal's unbeaten season. We'll give you a chance to win a signed copy of that a little bit later on in the show. And uh, we'll just try and get ourselves pumped up and ready for what's going to be a very interesting campaign, I think. The optimism levels are high. They're high. Whereas last season we kind of exceeded expectations because nobody really thought that we could challenge for the title or be top of the league for as long as we were, even if that did fall away. Now there's an expectation that we should be able to challenge. The other teams have bought players, but, you know, they were always going to do that. It's up to us to uh, compete and get ourselves ready and win the games that perhaps we didn't win last season certainly do better in some of them. But we go into the season on the on the high of winning the FA Cup final. You know, I still haven't had a chance to sit down and watch that FA Cup final properly from start to finish. I haven't. I must do that. Should have probably done that during the summer where there was a little bit more, or supposedly a little bit more free time. But hey, hey, I'll figure it out. One day I'll be a little bit hungover on a Sunday and there'll be... Aston Villa versus West Brom or something on the telly, and it'll be like, nah, nah, I'm not going to watch that. No amount of money could make me watch that, so I'll watch the FA Cup final. But we go into the season with this high, with this uh, reinvigorated belief in ourselves as a, as a club and as a, a team that can win trophies, and, and the players also go in with this belief that they can win things as well, something that hasn't been the case uh, over the last, how, how many years? Number, a number of years. 
before, yeah, since we won something. Yeah. And I think that does make a difference, that if you if you come up short every season, you, you don't believe that you can do it the following season, whereas this time around, you know, we've got that little bit of jizz in us, if you know what I mean. So I'll tell you what we'll do, rather than me waffle on, uh, talking about nothing. We will uh, talk to our very first guest this week, the first guest of the new Arscast of the new season. Delighted to welcome back, as always, Philippe Auclair. Hi there. Hello, hello, hello. And, and apologies already if you hear any um, very strange um, sounds such as sniffs and coughs and things like that. Um, I do apologize in advance. You've been, you're under the weather. Exactly. How has your summer been? Uh, it's been excellent, as a matter of fact. <laughs> It's been excellent, uh, as has as, uh, Arsenal's, as a matter of fact. Yeah, it really has, hasn't it? I mean, I think the mm. the goodwill that, that that developed, obviously, over the course of last season and culminated in the FA Cup final um, has continued throughout the summer with the, the business that, that Arsene Wenger has done. How do you how do you rate what, what's happened uh, right up to now? Um, I, I rate it um, very highly, and... Um, uh, I, I have to say that I, I can't think of a team that has looked better equipped um, to challenge for the title or titles mm. uh, for actually 11 years since the 2003-2004 season. Um, I, I really can't think of, of um, any, any Arsenal squad that has looked more settled. Um, not just the additions, but the fact that nobody has left, even though there had been noises you, which you've heard about Santi Casola, for example, leaving, uh, all the players, Mikel Arteta and so forth. Um, it looks as if, um, you know, it's genuinely happening in terms of, a, you know, the strengthening of the squad is not, is not something that people are just hoping for. It's something this, which is genuinely happening. And you've mm. got to pinch yourself as somebody who's been <laughs> you know, watching and, and, uh, Arsenal and, and following Arsenal for, for so long. But no, it seems genuinely that the trend has been reversed. And I actually quite like the way that, that Wenger described it when he said, um, you know, uh, we, we've bought, over the last two years, we've bought Ötzil and, and Alexis. And... Uh, um, two years uh, before that, we would have sold them. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and I think that, that genuinely um, uh, sums up the situation. Obviously, the, the, the buying of, of Alexis for what, to me, is very, very little money, considering the class of the player mm. and considering what's been happening on the, on the transfer market elsewhere. Uh, has been, I mean, uh, really magnificent coup sure. and uh, magnificent. Really. So, I mean, we can come back to Alexis, I guess, but I mean, that's an interesting point you make about Arsene Wenger in the sense that there was a point in the summer where people were watching him mm. keep you up on Copacabana Beach and playing football <laughs> and, and just beginning to get a little bit anxious about what he might be doing. But all of a sudden we, we sign three players who've been at the World Cup, you have to think that his mm-hmm. presence there was an influence in signing Alexis and in David Ospina and also Matthew Debushi. Yeah. Um, and again, you, you talk about uh, signing Ozil last summer. Uh, Mikel Arteta spoke this week about how we're making X-Factor signings now, and he actually included Santi Cazorla in that from, from the previous summer. But, yeah. I mean, it does seem as if the the... Not that everything has changed, but we've veered off in a different direction and a very nice direction at that. 
Yes, well, um, it's, it's, it's all about economics, isn't it? And I think we've been asking ourselves a number of questions for a number of years about how exactly the board was prepared to, to back Vanga uh, and how much the uh, constraints of, of the move from Highbury to the Emirates were, were really hampering the club and hamstringing Vanga's uh, efforts to, to enforce the squad, or whether Vanga himself was loath to, uh, to, to spend money. Um, and, and I think we've got a, a fairly, we've got a, a, an answer to that now. Um, in that it genuinely was a situation that was brought in by um, the, the move, the stadium move, and that the club uh, wanted to conform, obviously, to an economic model, and um, that it was not the will to spend that was missing. Something has, has, has definitely changed. Um, I, you, you, there might be a point to, there might be a case of saying that this change of attitude is also due to what's happened in other clubs and the fact that. We're now in a league that is more competitive than I can remember it being for a very, very long time indeed, yeah. uh, with a number of clubs who are willing to invest or spend a, an awful lot of money, uh, but within the constraints of, of, of FFP and both the uh, FFP, which has been uh, put in place by the Premier League and, and by UEFA. Um, you know, Chelsea is a case in point, for example, Liverpool as well, um, spending over £100 million, I think, for the first time in the history, even though it's not £100 million net, obviously. Yeah. And, and um, I think that suddenly people have realised that Arsenal, that if you wanted to still be part of that little family of clubs who can hope to compete, you've got to, you've got to spend. And the club now has the money, the club has spent, and has spent very wisely. I, I, I would definitely add um, Canham Chambers to the list, by the way. Um, is 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 a player who's really really impressed me. I mean, I know that it's it's always um, a very dangerous exercise to get excited about players when you've only seen them in a few friendlies. But yeah. I, I saw him at the Emirates Cup. I saw him at the, in the Community Shield. I've been very very impressed by him. Very very impressed indeed. Uh, in fact, I can't remember being impressed by a young English player or English defender from like this for, for quite a while. Well, it? even a player of that age at 19 to, to no, show the level of maturity that he has, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I think that's a rare thing. And we've had a couple of those players down down the years at Arsenal. I want to touch on uh, Alexis. Obviously, Debussy yeah. comes from Newcastle and, and is like for like uh, w- with Sanya in terms of how he fits into the team. And David Ospina provides a real challenge to to Wojciech Szczesny, which is a, a good thing. But Alexis, obviously, is the signing that has captured everybody's imagination. And right into, yes. the way that he can influence this Arsenal team, not only in, in what he can do, but in how it plays, is going to be very interesting, isn't it? Because we spoke many times last season about Ozil lacking the kind of players who can fizz on to the end of those passes with, with yes. Walcott out. Uh, there was no pace in the side. Walcott's on his way back. We've now got Alexis back. Is it a signing as much to bring out the best of Ozil as to add something to Arsenal? Yeah, I think that the, the, you've got a very good point. Uh, who, who had, by the way, um, a very good World Cup, and especially mm-hmm. a very, very, very good final, um, uh, where I think he, uh, he reminded quite a few people of, of what his qualities can be. Uh, I mean, Alexis is... Um, it's a bit of an odd one. I don't know if you would agree with me on that. Is that he's he's not a kind of typical Wenger player. He's far more direct. Um, there are signs, obviously, you know, when when you've seen when we've seen him in the few preseason games that 
he, he tended to to hog the ball a little bit and he just tries an awful lot of dribbles and uh, he's not afraid of of trying things on the pitch, shall we say, and and he's got tremendous physical presence. He's a fighter. We know that. Uh, what I'm very interested in, in in seeing is whether he's used um, uh, on the flank or if he's used as not as a target man because he's not a target man, but as a focal point in the middle of the park. Because the, the question would be then, it's not wouldn't be so much um, Alexis Sanchez uh, becoming in a way tuned to the way that Arsenal is playing. It's more of a case of Arsenal playing and and making the most of his qualities, which are quite different from what other players in the squad offer. Um, he's somebody who, he, he loves to have a go at, at players. I mean, you know, I can, I can think, you know, for example, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is somebody who likes to do that, but doesn't quite have the, the technical quality and, and, and the physical presence yet of, of, of Alexis. But he's a very different um, player to, to, to those who have been working with Wenger for the past uh, well, for the past 10 years. Um, and it's, it's, it's a side, by the way, that strikes me as being far more physical than it had been of, of late. I don't know if you would agree with that, but I think yeah. there is a, a kind of physical presence in that squad that, that is superior to what you know, um, people were perceiving of Arsenal being a little bit lightweight in that department. He's not like that at all. He's, he's a very, very tough, big guy, um, with huge upper body strength as well. Um, and he's... Uh, uh, at, at, at Barcelona, when I've been talking to Spanish friends and, and, and Catalan friends, they've, they've all told me that he'd been excellent, but that in a way he'd been blocked by the way that Barcelona was playing and the way that the play was all centered around Messi and so forth. Yeah. But that, that they, they were actually very sorry to see him go. And also that they thought that the amount of money that Arsenal had paid for him was honestly way below what he should be worth. At his age, he's only, what, 26, isn't he? Well, no, he's 25, and that, that was what I was going to say. I mean, he's, yeah. coming, he's coming, isn't he, at a point where he has been perhaps shackled at Barcelona, where he's yes. developed, obviously, uh, with, with great players at Barcelona and had a kind of a breakout season last season, but with Messi there, with Neymar there, with Luis Suarez there, it was never going to happen. But yeah. now coming to the Premier League at 25 years of age, you know, surely this is the time for him to really explode as a as a player. You would imagine so, and you could imagine him. I mean, we don't, you know, we shouldn't get ahead of ourselves, but mm. you, you could imagine him having the kind of impact that, for example, Luis Suarez had at Liverpool. You know, you, you could imagine that. You reckon he could do that? In terms of the, as I said, I don't want to get or? ahead of myself. I, I, <laughs> what I'm saying, he he's he's got something that very very few players have, and. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that because suddenly I've just realized who he was and just started to watch him. And so I've been watching him for quite a long time in basketball with Chile. Um, and uh, he's, he has got um, – it's, it's the hunger, I think, that um, mm. defines him as well, as much as his technical qualities, his speed and his strength. Um, he is somebody, you know, perhaps at times – that team has been lacking players who had this type of fighting spirit, so to speak. He has it um, in droves, really. Um, and I, I think it will bring that as well. But I, again, I'm coming back. I would really like to know 
whether he's going to be used on the flank as a, as a traditional winger or if you know Arsenal is going to stick to this kind of 4-2-1-3 or 4-1-4-1 that we've yeah. seen over the past few seasons or if he's going to be used in the middle which means of course I mean it's a completely different you know, proposition from, from Giroud which means that the, the team will have genuinely uh, different tactical setups um, which can be used according to the opponent, according to um, who is available, who is informed, whatever, which it hasn't had really uh, over the recent past. If you think last year, for example, the only alternative to, to, to Giroud, um, you know, not, we haven't touched on Senegal yet, but you know, Podolski was used at one point in the middle, wasn't exactly a great success. And you felt that it, it became a little bit formulaic at times. There, there was an invention there, there, uh, at times, but you, you thought it's very much you know what to expect when you're playing Arsenal, very much so. Yeah. With, with Alexis, I think that people will ask themselves the question, well, how are they going to play this time? Because and also with Alexis playing on the winger and Alexis playing uh, as a kind of number nine um, are two completely different propositions. And it's a great weapon uh, to, to have uh, at your disposal, um, the, the ability to, to change the shape of the team. And, and, and like this, I mean, from game to game or even within a game. And Alexis brings that as well as, as, as the rest. I'm thinking for, for that kind of money, you know, come on, this is... Uh, this is fantastic business. It's tasty. Well, I mean, when you see the price that, that Real has paid for James, who is, you know, okay, superstar in the making, wonderful player. Um, but I, I saw James in the um, in, in Liga last season, and he was not quite the um, all-action superstar that we saw at the World Cup. It didn't quite happen for him, as as you would, as you would have expected when you yeah. saw him play for Colombia. Um, with Alexis, he's, he's a proven quantity, you know, over a number of seasons for for Barcelona and his national team, um, and and the way it's happened as well, you know, when you remember the the reaction when Ozil was bought and people, you know, improvised this party in the street uh, outside the Emirates, people couldn't <laughs> quite believe. Now, when when Alexis was brought in, people were really genuinely happy, but in a way that they, they didn't feel. Oh gosh, this is happening in a kind of alternate universe where Arsenal is winning titles. Um, no, it seemed to be like, yeah, that's that's the direction the club is going in. Um, you know, the, the big players have stayed. We've got three world champions in in in, in the squad, uh, and we're bringing in one of the genuine stars of of the last World Cup. Yeah. Um, that's that is uh, honestly a, a, a huge change. Um, when Ozil came. It felt very much like it was a, a shot of this kind of super drug, which made people feel good after a period of great depression. <laughs> <laughs> this is different. It, it's there's already a feel good factor, especially since the FA Cup uh, win. But this is more of an everyday medicine. It's like um, oh, we're on the right diet again. Yeah, yeah. it's completely different. But the, the, those are tangibles, right? So we can talk yeah. about the signings of Oz, we can talk about, uh, you know, Debushi and, and everyone else that's come in and the direction and, and everything else. But there's there are other things, obviously, that, that influence how the team is going to play and how they're going to re, uh, react for the new season. And you mentioned that Arsenal have got three World Cup winners in yep. the squad. Uh, I know there were varying levels of playing time between them. But on top of that, Arsenal won the FA Cup in May, as we know. And 
that feeling of being a winner, of being able to go the distance in a competition, of getting rid of that monkey that's been on our backs for so mm. long about how long it's been. I mean, do you expect that that will liberate the way that we play or the or influence the way that the players uh, believe in themselves? Because certainly you look at the Community Shield and the way they, they talk about Manchester City. Yeah. You know, I was slightly worried beforehand only from the point of view that if we lost to them again, it would have just created a small little barrier before we go into a new season. Obviously, it doesn't tear down the the walls of the defeats that we had previously, but I think it does have a psychological impact as well that this this winning mentality um, is going to continue into the first game of the season. One, one should think so, um, and also the manner of of the way it happened at uh, at Wembley. And I'm talking uh, the, the game against Hull, and the fact that it had to be um, a, a very a reaction coming from very deep within, and, and the reaction was there. Um, I must say, the full community shield, I was quite confident myself uh, in as much man- that Manchester City is simply not ready for the beginning of the season. I think it's. Uh, it's fairly obvious. <clears throat> it was fairly obvious throughout the, the whole preseason, and the fact that you know they've been, they, they, they haven't started training as a squad um, yet. Uh, in the players who've come back from the World Cup are, have yet to join the, the full squad to, to to prepare. So, which might be a great advantage for for their opponents. But um, no, it, it's it's a question of you know winning is a habit, which you know is a cliche, but it is absolutely true. And very often it is a cup win that is a launching pad for a manager. Um, you, you'll probably remember, probably not your favorite memory, but the way that Mourinho went about his business when he arrived at, uh, at Chelsea mm. and how they went for the League Cup in his very first season. And, and it, it was very clear for, for, for Mourinho, and as it is clear for any manager, once you've got that first win, that first trophy under your belt, it changes absolutely everything in the way people, in the way the players go about their business. And, and, and the, 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 the comfort zone, the safety zone of, you know, we'll finish in the top four and so forth, it doesn't matter anymore. You've, you've had this feeling of, of, of the final whistle and, 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 and winning and holding a trophy and also, you know, the, re- the reception uh, by the fans. One thing, by the way, that I noticed at Wembley um, at the Community Shield, I don't know if people made a lot of that, but uh, the Arsenal half of the ground was absolutely chuck-a-block, and there was not one seat to be had. Yeah. Uh, there were probably about 15,000 people who could have sat in the empty um, stand uh, that, were, that was reserved for Manchester City. I thought that's very interesting. That also shows something from the fans' point of view, um, that they are genuinely buying into that team, so to speak, that they genuinely believe the team can do it. And, and it's, a, it's a kind of virtuous circle. Um, this belief will seep through in the team and, and reciprocally. I, I mean, I, 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 we've got to qualify all that. You know, we're, we're still, we still haven't played a single competitive game. And there's the small, small matter as well of this, of this playoff against Besiktas, which honestly I think everybody could have done without, um, which is not going to be as simple as perhaps some people think. It's, 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 you know, I, I, I know they finished third, I believe, in the uh, Turkish league last yeah. season. But um, it's... It's not necessarily the kind of trip that Wenger would have liked to to do at this point um, in the campaign so early on, even though, you know, Arsenal has always managed to do well. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. With this playoffs, I mean, including in, in, in Turkey, um, in, in the past, has always done well. I think it's eight out of eight in terms of um, playing playoffs and getting through. Yeah. Um, so it's... It, it's it's a little bit early, but the one thing you can say is that it it's been a very very long time since there's been this amount of this this calm about the club. Um, since there's been a, a squad which looks as deep and and rich as as this one, even though there are still some sectors in which you you know you would like the club to reinforce. I still think that uh, uh, an all out or almost all-out defensive midfielder would be a great addition to the squad. Um, and, and you could say as well, well, a central defender will no doubt come after Vermeulen's um, transfer to, to Barcelona. Um, but it, the, the, this, you know, in the past, you would have thought that this feeling of um, being quite happy with your lot um, might have been a, a mirage this doesn't seem to be the case this season. Um, it's it's honestly you you think everything is in place for for a really fine season to happen. Mm. Do you think Same everything is in words. place? I mean, you mentioned a defensive midfielder, and people have, yeah. have talked about that all summer long. And um, you know, to me, it doesn't seem likely at this point that uh, a defensive midfielder is going to come in, unless he's going to move on Flamini or or Arteta. He's just made Arteta captain. To me, the big issue is the central defensive one, because I thought we were a little bit fortunate to get through the entire of last season without any real serious problem with Mertesacker or Koscielny. They played a lot of games, yep. Mertesacker in particular. Now, they're a brilliant partnership, and uh, you know I think for the most part you want to see them playing together. But if we really want to go the distance in the Premier League and if we really want to have a good tilt at Europe... Is another central defender more important than a defensive midfielder? Well, how many how many have you got at the club at the moment? I mean, with the departure of Sanya, because Sanya could play in central defence if yeah. need be, and when he deputised in, in that position, he actually done a very decent job. Um, I, I certainly wouldn't think that Mathieu Debussy, who is a player, by the way, that I, I I'm, I'm not perhaps as convinced that he is a like for like for for Sanya. Um, 
But you can't do that. So what you've got Christiane Mertesacker. Chambers. Young Chambers, um, who is very much a novice in, <laughs> in, in every sense of the word, not just professional career, but including at, in this particular position. And then you've got Niasi Mikel, who can play in that, but who is very mm. much a squad member whom you could imagine would probably go to a different club at some point when he wants to develop his career. He's not, he's not even listed in the first team on the official No, website. exactly. So, you know, it's, it's obviously, yes, it's an area of concern, but uh, I think it's fairly obvious that, that another central defender will have to be signed. But actually, one might not be enough. You might, have, you might think about two here. Uh, you should have four plus one, so to speak. And that, that is an area, yes, in which there, there, there is some concern. But uh, all the information we, we get um, points at the fact that Arsenal is going to recruit the central defender. Yeah. And you shouldn't be too worried about that. There, there's going to be reinforcements uh, on that side. Okay. We'll talk about it. Just, just very finally, given the way that other teams have spent this summer, and I think uh, much as it pains me to say it, Chelsea have spent particularly well yes, in terms of what they brought in uh, by players sold and what they've spent that money on. And Manchester City, again, you know, we know they've they've got big resources. They've already got a very good squad. They've added to that. Um, is it realistic that Arsenal can challenge for this title? I mean, we were only seven points off the top last season. Um, yeah. c- can we do it again? Yes, um, I would have. I would have thought so. Um, and and it's when you when you talk. Um, I mean, to fans, to players, to managers, to journalists, nobody has got a clue <laughs> as to what is going to happen this year. Nobody. Nobody, nobody knows. Um, Manchester City, yes, they have reinforced their, their squad with Fernando and, and Mangala now, but they have an absolutely awful start to the season in terms of, of schedule. Um, they are not pre- they're not ready physically for, for the season. I was actually with, with Vincent Company yesterday, and um, and he admitted to it that the, the, physically they had absolutely no idea where they were. And given the schedule they've got over the first five rounds of the Premier League, they could be in a, a nasty position very quickly. Uh, Chelsea um, are worrying because they they have, as you said, you know, strengthened the, the squad. Uh, I mean, they, they, they've had a very very clever. Um, summer of in terms of recruitment you would expect Manchester United to come back very strongly especially because they have they're not playing in Europe uh, Liverpool have actually impressed more than I thought they would in, 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 in their pre-season and you carry on and you think there's going to be a couple of others who are going to be there or thereabouts so you, you know there's no way you can you, you can put down Arsenal as, as the favourite but I, I would say that their current um, status is I think the third, third favourite at the moment it's probably realistic, and that, uh, I think that there can be improvement in that going from top four to top three this season and not having to deal with the nightmare of a playoff. Um, and, and realistic hope for the titles? Why, why the heck not? I mean, you have to remember what happened last, last season uh, when, when Arsenal led the, the league longer than any other club, only to fall um, in the spring as per usual because of the lack of depth of the squad and, and and you, you, this is not quite the case this season. You, you're looking at a team that has got great depth in many sectors, perhaps not defensively, 
um, but certainly when it comes to, um, to, to to creating and it, it looks better balanced as well. Yeah. Um, and and um, why the heck not? Why the heck not, Andrew? Why not dream for for yeah. for once? You know, exactly. I mean, it it is. I mean, I maintain that. I, I, it's the team, the squad that I've I felt I feel is the strongest since. Um, 2003-2004 doesn't mean he's going to finish the league unbeaten. Probably I don't believe not. that for a second. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, it, it, it has certainly got more arguments. Um, there are still a couple of pieces missing in the puzzle. I, I do think a defensive midfielder. I, I do have my. I'm not absolutely sure that. I mean, Mikel Arteta is not a defensive midfielder. Not really, mm. and 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 there are times when um, this this lack of of you know cover for for the back four has been very costly, um, especially last season, and you can't quite see who is going to fulfil that role. But on the other hand, when it comes to um, to creating play and creativity, my gosh, provided everybody stays fit, which is a, a big provided. That um, prov- yeah, provided that mm. everybody stays fit, and I'm thinking of Ramsey in particular, who looks really like the perhaps the most important um, member of that midfield. Um, you know, why not hope? Why not? Once? Indeed. All right. Well, look, we'll, <laughs> we'll keep everything crossed. Mm. Um, let's see where the first uh, few weeks of the season takes us. Philippe, get well soon, and thanks as yeah. always for your time. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I managed not to cough and splutter for, for, for 10 minutes, which is remarkable. So thank you very much for the therapeutic virtues of, uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, of, of the Arscast. Uh, it's uh, proven one, one more time. <laughs> My pleasure, as always. That was Philippe Auclair. Um, thank you to him, as always. And thank you also uh, to Philippe's cat, who was in the background a bit there. You might have heard him from time to time, complaining, going around the place, just complaining like cats do when they get to a certain age Uh, our old cat bill the cat may he rest in peace he got like that in his final years he just he just complained at everything the door's closed now the door's open now it's closed again the sun is out it's dark there's air all around me everything he would complain about but there you go anyway thank you to philippe Uh, And now, time for a little bit of a competition, because we have got a a copy, a rather beautiful hardback book to give you, together, the story of Arsenal's unbeaten season. It comes uh, also with a a set of 24 illustrated postcards, which people have done some very funky stuff with, I have to say. Uh, They've got them framed and put up around their walls and all kinds of stuff, so uh, it's cool. If you've done something good with them, send me an email or, or get in touch on Twitter and let's see what you've done. If you've already got the book, if you haven't, you can get it from shop.arsblog.com or, indeed, you can get it in the Tollington. They have them behind the bar. So if you're going to the Palace game this weekend, uh, you can get the books behind the bar there. So uh, for the purposes of this particular thing, though, we're, we're doing a competition where we've got a copy of the book and the postcards to give away. All I want you to do is answer this question for me, please. Uh, in the 2003-2004 season, which Arsenal went through unbeaten in the Premier League, as you may uh, already know. It was the Premiership back then. Uh, how many games did Martin Keown play in the league? How many games did Martin Keown play in the league in the 2003-2004 season? Tell me the exact number, the right number. Send that number to competition at arsblog.com. That's competition at arsblog.com. 
and we'll put all the names and correct answers into a virtual hat. The random number generator will pick a winner, and we'll give it to you on next week's show. And don't forget, you can get the book if you want to buy it, shop.arsblog.com for the limited edition hardback, or you can get it as an ebook from uh, Amazon, uh, from iTunes, from Google Play, from Kobo. I think it's on Barnes & Noble, I think. I'm not 100% sure, but it's up there on all those other ones as well as an ebook if that's your thing. So uh, so there you go. So get entering competition at arsblog.com. Uh, we're back with our next guest right after this. Join us as we take another enchanting adventure into the world of the angriest man on Twitter. Oi, Winger! What are you doing on the beach in Brazil? Doing keepy-ups with Carambo and Lizarazu and Didier fucking Cease? Lying there like Kate bloody Winslet! You should be out signing players, mate! Sky Sports News, Arsenal Today confirmed the signing of Alexis Sanchez, Matthew Debushi, David Ospina, Callum Chambers, in what looks to be their strongest squad for years. Yeah, well, Wingo, I bet you brought sand in all over the hotel lobby with no consideration whatsoever for the people who have to clean it up. Menial workers getting paid a pittance. Don't you know how hard it is to get sand out of cars? Next week, another madcap laugh-a-minute romp with the angriest man on Twitter. Everything is shit! I think we might hear more from him over the course of the season. Now, though, time for our second guest of the show. It's the Gunnarholic. Hello there. Hello there, Blogs. Thanks for inviting me again. My pleasure. Um, You've had a good summer, I trust? Oh, it's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Been out in the garden nearly every night, and you can't say that many of our summers. No. <laughs> no, you've got to take it while you can get it, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And so consequently, I kind of missed the the group stage of the World Cup as well, so I've only seen half of that. So I'm I'm not footballed out. Right. <laughs> I, I vision no visions of you like to, with an extension cord taking a portable out into the back garden or uh, do no. that for the cricket don't worry about it for the football. <laughs> um we've already spoken to philippe Auclair on the show about the the new signings and obviously i i imagine you're as excited about them as, as everyone else is um it's excited about them and excited about the number of them although obviously there's still another couple hopefully to come yeah are you do you feel like at this point in in terms of I mean the, there's an obvious gap and I think we spoke about that as well but in, in defence but in terms of what we needed to do are you are you um, what's the word I'm looking for are you happy are you uh... oh you, you've got to be happy with the the kind of players that they've been bringing in when you've had a look at you know the the, the side last a couple of weeks as they've been coming together um, I think we've got an excellent right back there in Debushi who looks very comfortable going forward. Might have a bit of work to do and defensive-wise, but he's getting used to the players around him and what they do and how much cover he's going to get. So I'm sure that will come. Uh, you can't help but be excited by watch, watching Sanchez. Uh, whether he was told he was only getting a short spell at Wembley last week, I don't know. But he covered every blade of grass down the centre and on the right-hand side. Mm. So uh, looking for, forward to great things from him. And uh, Callum Chambers, he's kind of a bonus, isn't he? And a much-needed bonus with Per Mertesacker getting an extended holiday. Sure. So, look, the signings, and, and hopefully there'll be more to come, 
um, be between now and the end of the transfer window. But in terms of getting ourselves ready for what we needed to do at the start of the season, I think we're we're more or less there. Um, Very close. But as well as that, we've got to look at the squad that we have and some of the players that we have um, who are, are developing still as young players. If you look at Oxlade-Chamberlain, Kieran Gibbs, uh, not, I won't say Theo Walcott, but to an extent Theo's still quite young, um, uh, Jack Wilshire. Jack Wilshire. Um, we, we've got to look for more from them as well this season, which is which is going to be a positive. Wilshire in particular is an interesting one because after the pictures of him in the summer on his holidays, having a crafty um, go of a cigarette <laughs> in a swimming pool while someone pours champagne on his head, and I mean, who 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 hasn't spent a summer like that in their time? Um, you know, people were were questioning his. Uh, his his professionalism perhaps and his his attitude and is it right to make the step forward but i mean i i find it difficult to uh to conflate the two in a way because the wilshire you see on the pitch is never anything less than 100 percent committed and, and gives everything but this really is an important season for him isn't it it certainly is and it's going to be a difficult one for him as well because when you consider it's Meza Ozil's second season when I think a lot of people would be expecting him to blossom and be irreplaceable in the position in which Jack played at Wembley last weekend then where does he get a game there are um, he was used a lot last season on the right-hand side, but wasn't at his most comfortable out there. It's not where he does his best work. And I'm wondering whether they can engineer a, a situation where he can maybe partner uh, Aaron Ramsey further back. The appointment of Arteta as captain makes you wonder whether that's a possibility or not. But it, it is a huge season for Jack. He has to take on, make that next step, because there's no doubt he has lots and lots of class and ability. You just wonder whether he's going to make that, that next step and, and become the dominating midfield player that he th he's threatened to be but hasn't quite got there yet. Mm. I mean, it is. You're right. It's difficult to see exactly where he fits into the team. And the same applies to Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain to an extent because he's uh, he's fast, he's direct, and uh, uh, for the most part he's been deployed in a wide position. But we now have quite a, an embarrassment of riches in those in those wide <laughs> positions and Arsene Wenger has always said he sees him as a central midfield player yeah. and probably his best performances for Arsenal have come as a central midfield player though there was that night against Milan last yeah. season he, he was the the reason we beat Crystal Palace at home um, yes. with two great goals so he's another one that not necessarily uh, it's not make or break by any means but sooner or later he's going to have to nail down a fixed position in, in the team the similarities between his situation and Jack Wilshere's are striking, and except that he's probably, let's say, he's a year behind Wilshere. He's got a year's grace before he's got to make that same uh, noticeable step up. But again, he faces this problem. He's, he's looking at a position that Wilshere is in contention for. So, you know, they're not both going to play all the time. As you say, out wide, now on the right-hand side, you've got... Uh, quite what we're going to do in order to facilitate Sanchez and Walcott when Theo's fit, for example.
example, is going to be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. And I wonder whether the answer to that might not be Theo moving to the left-hand side, where he played a lot in his Southampton days and where he made his name. Um, but for uh, Oxlade-Chamberlain, it's a... He has so much he brings to the side with his ability to burst forward, his willingness to take on people. Ball retention's good. He's got his work a little bit on his distribution, but um, how many opportunities will he get? I suspect quite a lot. You know he's going to play at least the cup games. You know that we're not going to have all of that midfield uh, fully staffed for the season as last season. We found our (laughs) our expense when we lost Ramsey in particular. Um, I I just hope that uh, he, he... he gets more opportunities, but he's probably got Wilshire ahead of him in the pecking order. Healthy situation for us to have, though. Isn't, isn't it just? To be talking about how do we fit these really good players into our team rather than wondering... Well, we had an embarrassment of riches in midfield last season, and now there's talk that we're going to add to it still with another top-quality player. Whether we do or not, I don't know, but yeah. certainly appears as though there are talks underway. Yeah, well, you'd have to think that any further... Arrivals in midfield would precipitate a departure, though. That's you know, given how yeah. how big the squad is uh, and yeah. everything else. But it is a it is a healthy situation to be in, yeah. I think. And the, I guess the best problem for a manager to have is how do I fit all these good players into my team? How do I keep them all happy? Rather than oh god, I've got to play that guy. And the motivation for the likes of Wilshire and Oxlade Chamberlain mm. to perform when they come in yeah. because they'll not have that many opportunities to impress. Maybe it is an interesting one, isn't it? Because yeah. the the level when you're when you're signing forty two million pound Mesut Ozil, when you're signing thirty two million pound Alexis, mm-hmm. it increases the demand on you as a young player because you've got to reach that level. The level of player at Arsenal is getting better and better and better. So a player that could easily have come into the first team and played for a number of seasons five years ago is going to have to do a lot better now to to make that same mark. And, oh, God bless, this is going to sound terribly, particularly as I like one or two of them and I follow them on Twitter, but we've, we've come a long way since we were picking between Ian Selly and David Hillier and Eddie mm. McGoldrick. And, sure. uh, you know, we, we've been through those days. This is just I, the, the Arsenal midfield last season I've heard about. I think it's going to be even better this season. Mm. Um, Mikel Arteta's captain, your thoughts on that very quickly? Very strange one, very quickly, because... You think it's strange? I, I, I do, and as much as I think there's a real danger that we're going to replace a non-playing captain with a non-playing captain, because if there is a place for Wilshire or Oxlade-Chamberlain to occupy, that's one that... Mikel looked tired towards the end of last season uh, and he's not getting any younger and he's not had his contract renewed either he's only got a year to go which is interesting in itself there is talk of them buying a defensive midfielder whether that happens or not I don't know I suspect um, there are talks going on but just the whole captaincy thing is a bit of a surprise to me, and I think it it was noticeable that Wenger mentioned that Per Mertesacker will be his vice-captain, almost as if to say, well, Per's not here for the start of the season, but I expect him to be... Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but mm. I think you might see more of Mertesacker as captain than Arteta. Mm. Well, I mean, yeah, that could well happen. I just thought it was a natural 
progression because he did the job for most of last season anyway. Um, and I I think that this is going to be his last season with the club. Um, some of the some of the talk at the the Puma launch, you know, he said, "Well, I've spoken to the manager and we've had a chat and we both know what we want to do." Um, mm-hmm. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's parted the ways. But I don't I don't think it's a strange one really that he's been made the captain. Um, and I do tend to agree with you that probably second half of the season, uh, provided he's fit, Mertesacker is more likely to to lead the team on the field. But we'll have to see. Maybe uh, there's an Indian summer in terms of Arteta's uh, career. so we'll, we'll... I do hope so, because he's been an absolutely fantastic sign when we were in deep, deep trouble mm. after the 8-2, and it looked like kind of a desperate signing. And I think you and I both made the point in the wake of that that we really should have bought Mikel Arteta three or four years earlier. Yeah. Uh, what, a, what a player that would have been. Yeah. But, you know, he has he's done us a great job. He's done us proud. Um, just the, the second half of last season, he started looking his age and I, I hope he goes if he does go at the end of this season I hope he goes with a lot of respect and a lot of good feeling from the support well he will from, from men who both look their age we, we certainly wouldn't be critical <laughs> of that um, very finally I, just, I look your age uh, yeah well <laughs> we might have to uh, might have to debate that one slightly <laughs> but <laughs> I just want to touch on uh, Besiktas because obviously we've got Palace tomorrow in the league but then straight away we've got to go to Turkey for a Champions League qualifier. Mm-hmm. A little bit worrying in the sense that the squad isn't as physically ready in terms of its fitness and preparation as it might be. Are you happy enough to be away from home first so that we've got that extra week to to do what we need to do at home if it doesn't quite go according to plan? Exactly that. Um, yeah. I think the second leg at home is is pretty key. Um, I'm not altogether. I think they've got a better side than people will consider. Besiktas isn't that big a name for people who don't know Turkish football, yeah. and. Uh, I'm just looking at a recent experience where I thought we were going to get tricky games away. We have actually turned up and performed with, you know, one or two squad players in the side, but generally we've looked the part. I, I have a feeling we'll actually do better in Turkey than one or two are expecting, but it it will be a tricky one out there. And if we can come back, if we came back level, then I'd, I'd be more than happy. But I, I actually think we might just nick a win out there. All right. Well, look, let's hope we get the season off to, uh, to that kind of start. We'll certainly catch up with you again as it progresses. Gunnar Hollick, thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Blogs. You know where to find him. It is GunnarHollick.com, or you can get him on Twitter at TheGunnarHollick, at TheGunnarHollick. Um, so that's, that's where we are. And now we've just got to kind of wait for the football. Tomorrow against Crystal Palace, good news in terms of injuries, because we were worried this week that Lauren Koscielny would miss the game, which would probably mean a centre-half partnership of Callum Chambers and Nacho Monreal, which isn't, by any stretch of the imagination, ideal. I think Callum Chambers is a really excellent prospect, but he's only been an Arsenal player a couple of weeks and has played all of his career, as far as I know, at right-back. And he only played 25 senior games for Southampton. Not all of those were starts, uh, some substitute appearances. And Monreal, as we know, is a left-back. But I don't think Arsene Wenger would have played someone like Ignacy Mikel or Isaac Hayden alongside Chambers, just too, too little experience. 
um, in, in the centre of the defence. But uh, Koscielny, it looks like he's going to be fit. Arsene Wenger said he should be fit. He got a kick on the Achilles. They took him off at halftime in the Community Shield. Uh, but he's going to be fit and ready. The Germans, as we know, aren't going to be back just yet. Probably aren't going to be back for the midweek trip to uh, Besiktas either. So the team that has performed well in preseason. Uh, is going to have to go out and and do it against Palace tomorrow and in Turkey next week. Uh, But we should start getting players back, hopefully, uh, the following week, uh, which is a challenging week as well. When you look at the the fixtures, um, we've got Palace tomorrow. Obviously, we go to Besiktas in midweek. And then next Saturday, another 5.30 kickoff, this time against Everton. An away game, that is going to be a tricky one. Everton were very, very good last season, and there's no reason to suspect they won't be good this time around as well. Followed by Besiktas at home uh, in the Champions League and and Leicester City away, which is one you would probably expect us to to do uh, quite comfortably. But um, those first four games of the season are going to be a little bit challenging because of the state of the squad and because of the readiness. But fingers crossed. We have it all in hand, and fingers crossed this season starts an awful lot better than last season did. Now we know what happened after the uh, the opening day, but uh, that was a, a perfect storm of all kinds of stuff going on. But uh, we'll have to just wait and see. But uh, I'm hopeful we can get the uh, the points against Palace tomorrow, and I think, uh, like Holick, I'm reasonably confident we can get something away from home in the Champions League too. Uh, we will have an Arscast Extra for you on Monday. Myself and James will be here uh, going over the weekend events, which hopefully will be overwhelmingly positive. Uh, we'll be taking your questions as usual. Keep an eye out on Twitter and on the blog for that. So until then, take it easy. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you on next week's Arscast proper next Friday. And uh, welcome back, everyone. It's great to talk to you again. Welcome to a new season. And uh, here's to everything going in our direction between now and May. Uh, have a good one. Cheers. Bye-bye. Right, right. Welcome to the to the meeting, everybody. And uh, I think we might as well get straight to the point because uh, what we need to do here today is come up with an idea about how to make BT Sport even better. And by better, I mean more annoying. Because frankly, that's what we're trying to do. That is our aim, to make sports broadcasting as annoying as possible. Some people might say... You've gone as far as you can possibly go. I don't agree. Sure, we've got John Champion commentating. We've got Michael Owen on co-commentary. Complaints about him went up 4,000% on Twitter last season. It was great. And we've got that big, tall, Frankenstein-looking blonde fella doing the presenting. But we need to be worse. And by worse, I mean better. And by better, I mean more annoying. So how can we do that? We've already run those 
ads about Arsenal and Arsenal fans are going crazy about it, which is great because they're annoyed. And that means we're annoying. But we need to go that one step further. We need ideas from this table now. Who's got them? Come on, anybody. <coughs> Nobody's got any ideas about how we can how we can be more just irritating now. What about you? I'm just here on work experience. I don't care. Just give me an idea. How can we be worse than we already are? And by worse, I mean better. And by better, I mean more annoying. Uh, well, um, what if we hire Robbie Savage and Jose Mourinho? That's genius. You are no longer work experience. You're the new head of marketing. But I'm only 15. Look, don't worry about that. I'll take care of the details. The rest of you, hang your heads in shame. You've been you've been made look eejits by a 15-year-old. Can I Snapchat my cock to Honigstein? Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.